Cruise Radio is brought to you by InsureMyTrip.com. Travel insurance done right from the people who know travel insurance. Find out more at InsureMyTrip.com. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Broadcasting from the InsureMyTrip.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. If you are listening for the first time, well, thank you so much for being here. If not, welcome back, my friend. On this show, we'll get a review of the largest cruise ship in the world. Yes, the Lore of the Seas. Carrie Stang will be dropping by a little later on in the program to talk all about the ship and the review. And we'll get a listener question about gratuities on your cruise and how it aligns with the main dining room and the dining venues. But first, as always, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. So uh, last week, we were both up to the wee hours of the morning watching Quantum of the Seas be revealed for the first time to the public. So what's the status of her now? Well, right now she is being fitted in the uh, wet dock area of the shipyard in Poppenburg. You know, she was temporarily docked with the uh, starboard side. Then she was flipped around. They did some azeopod testing of her, uh, you know, bow and stern thrusters. They spun her around. She's now port side, and uh, they've just been feverishly uh, working on, uh, you know, installation and completing the ship and preparing her for the next step, which is to float up the River Ems through Germany up to Emshaven in the Netherlands, where they'll finish her, do sea trials, and then uh, that'll be probably the middle, of, middle to end of September, and then she'll head off to uh, Southampton, and then uh, November 2nd is her first uh, revenue cruise where uh, she'll do her transatlantic crossing to New York. I am looking forward to uh, heading out there uh, to the shipyard, touring Quantum of the Seas uh, next week. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we'll definitely uh, call you and let you know what's going on. There's a technology reveal uh, on Monday. Well, you'll definitely have to link up with us on Skype or something while you're over there. We will definitely. And uh, I definitely would tell you uh, and the listeners are on cruiseradio.net to uh, check back at cruiseradio.net because uh, I'm going to get you that link so you'll be able to watch the reveal Live. Awesome. Very good. Uh, and speaking of shipyards, looks like Cunard just announced that there's going to be a major makeover for Queen Victoria. Now, Queen Victoria isn't that old, is she? No, she uh, debuted in 2007, and I wouldn't call it a major makeover, Doug. Um, they they had a dry dock planned for her for December of two, 2015, but uh, because of uh, some pod bearings that were not working properly uh, and to not have any problems with it during the you know, next year and change, they are uh, you know moving it up. Uh, you know now before the the world cruise to make uh, you know, to replace those those pod bearings, and uh, so they've canceled a couple of sailings. The ship will go to uh, Hamburg. They're going to add some you know gas scrubbers. Uh, they'll add nine uh, single cabins, expanding the shops, and uh, this is the same yard that they've uh, that they refitted uh, Queen Elizabeth at recently. I think I got that confused. It said multi-million dollar makeover, and I yeah. uh, think hey, I threw in the word major. Changing propeller is multi-million dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It uh, looks like Carnival Pride is going to operate uh, some unique voyages starting October 2015. What are we going to see? Well, uh, similar to what Carnival is doing out of Galveston, uh, adding some, you know, flipping the, the itineraries around, uh, they're going to have the sailings from 10 to 14 nights where they'll be able to do some round trips out of Baltimore, 
or they'll be able to do some round trip uh, one-way sailings between Baltimore and San Juan. So uh, this way they can change up the itineraries, get deeper into the Caribbean for passengers that live in the market, and uh, also add uh, a few uh, Bermuda cruises. So just you know, just kind of change things up from Baltimore. Okay, good. The CEO of Clio, which is the Cruise Line International Association, uh, recently released some norovirus figures. Now, uh, how accurate was this report? And uh, was she coming out trying to battle or defend something? No, I think what uh, she was just essentially repeating what had previously been released by the CDC, mm-hmm. and essentially a lot of like what we you know we've done in different interviews where we kind of really have explained that the norovirus is not a cruise ship-borne uh, illness that the, or a virus. These are uh, viruses that other people bring on, but the media loves to you know, go after you know, cruise lines for this. But the, the idea was to really show the numbers that um, less than, let's say, you know, three thousandths of one or less than four thousandths of one percent actually occurs on a cruise ship. Yeah, okay. So I mean, it's not even one percent. It's not even a half of one percent. It's 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 essentially it's nothing, uh, especially when you you know compared to hospitals and restaurants and hotels. Uh, you know the, the, what's going on with the cruise ships is nothing, but it's unfortunately it's a media sensationalized uh, story. Stuart, we have a listener question from Brian on Facebook. Uh, do you mind hanging out and answering it after our Allure of the Seas review? Absolutely. And now, Jim Grace, CEO of InsureMyTrip.com, discusses the benefits of medical evacuation insurance while traveling. This is a scary scenario where travel insurance can help. At InsureMyTrip, we offer plans with emergency medical evacuation coverage, either on a standalone basis or included in comprehensive or medical travel insurance plans. This coverage is designed to transport ill or injured travelers to a medical facility, or even home. Without travel insurance, the cost of these types of evacuations can easily exceed $50,000 or even $150,000 depending on your location and where you need to be taken for care. The only way to cover this type of medical transportation is with these types of travel insurance plans. For more information on this travel insurance topic and others, visit insuremytrip.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. This segment brought to you by LuggageForward.com. To experience doorstep to stateroom luggage delivery, visit LuggageForward.com. Use promo code CRUISERADIO for 5% off your first booking. We always love getting your cruise reviews. If you have a review you'd like to share with us, just email comments at CruiseRadio.net. Reach out to us, and we'll reach out to you like Kerry Stang did. He just returned on a seven-night Eastern Caribbean sailing on the world's largest cruise ship, Allure of the Seas. How's it going, Carrie? It's going great today. How are you, Doug? Very good, my friend. Now, uh, before we get to the cruise review, uh, let's go back before the cruise. And what made you want to sail on Allure of the Seas? 
Well, you know, we uh, we enjoy taking cruises quite frequently, as you know, Doug. And earlier this year, we had sailed on two other new ships, the Norwegian Getaway and the Royal Princess. And we have yet to have a chance to sail on Royal Caribbean's newest, Royal Caribbean's newest ship, the Allure of the Seas. So uh, my wife had a birthday coming up, and I decided I'd surprise her and book her on Allure of the Seas. Very nice. And you're down there in the Tampa area. So did you drive in day of, or did you do a, a pre-night in Fort Lauderdale? Uh, we don't like to take a risk, so we always like to drive in the day before. We stayed at the uh, Cambria Suites, just uh, pretty close to the airport. Nice little spot, actually, for pre-cruise hotel options. Very good. Uh, so you made your way to Terminal 18 in Port Everglades, which is pretty much like the world's largest cruise terminal as well. They can handle, I think, like thousands of people per hour as, as far as check-ins go. So how was your embarkation at Terminal 18 when you went to board Allure of the Seas? Yeah, great question, Doug. You know, we've been uh, to Terminal 18 several times. We've uh, cruised on Oasis before and taken celebrity ships out of that port. So we, we felt pretty comfortable arriving at about oh, 11, 10, 11.15 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we arrived, it was, uh, I, I don't want to use the word chaos, but let's just say it was busy. Uh-huh. And uh, we saw passengers getting off the prior cruise as we were looking to check our, our luggage with the porters. So uh, that didn't slow us down a bit, though. We were able to get checked in quite quickly as Diamond members. Uh, we had to sit down for a little bit upstairs in the embarkation area, and uh, they had us on board within about oh, 15 to 20 minutes. Now, since you're a Diamond member with Royal Caribbean, uh, does that give you any kind of priority boarding? It does, absolutely. Yeah, We were probably, I would say, within the first 100 passengers on board. Yeah, how fast is that check-in process at Terminal 18? Like, once you get through, like, security can always be a hassle, but once you get through the agents, is there enough agents there to accommodate the flow of people going inside the terminal? Most definitely. Yeah. It's one of the, uh, I would say, most functional operations uh, for embarkation. Plenty of uh, plenty of agents and terminals to go to. Uh, we've never had any problem with standing in lines there before. Very good. So you make your way on to Allure of the Seas, and this was your first time on the world's largest cruise ship. So what were your impressions? Uh, First impression was great. The ship is, uh, and and all of our impressions actually were great. The ship is is clean. It's been kept up really, really well. They take you first off right into the promenade deck where they have the uh, the classic vehicle in the middle, the promenade deck. That's where Starbucks is and many other things, the shopping areas, pizzas, Sorrento's pizzas, and all those types of things. But knowing uh, a little bit about the ship and doing a little research in advance, we proceeded directly up to uh, the Solarium Cafe mm-hmm. uh, because we didn't want to get in the midst of the crowds up in the Windjammer. So the Solarium Cafe also has a really nice venue, and there was nobody there. And it was it was a nice way of being relaxed right away on the ship and uh, starting to fill up with some food. Very good. So you make your way to the stateroom. So first off, what kind of stateroom did you have, and what were your impressions? So our stateroom this time on an Oasis-class ship was on the uh, starboard side, Ocean View balcony, and it was right next to the um, Aqua Theater suite. Mm-hmm. that was uh, facing the aqua theater. So we were facing the ocean. We loved it. The room was great. Our stateroom attendant was probably the best 
stateroom attendant we've had in, I would say, at least three to five years. So room was well appointed. It was clean. It was ready to go. We got into the room right at one o'clock. So uh, let's talk about dining because this Allure of the Seas has like, uh, I think like 18 or 20 or even maybe more dining options. So what were your impressions of the dining? And we'll start with the main dining room first. Uh, so this might be a little bit interesting, but we did not even use the main dining room okay. the entire cruise. We actually chose to do specialty dining and use all the venues other than the main dining. Mm-hmm. As we've, we've cruised so much that it's just not uh, a venue that we really prefer to go to any longer. Sure. So uh, we tried every specialty restaurant on board. And uh, first off, after we went to the Solarium Cafe, we moseyed down to Central Park, which is a beautiful area, as there is also a park cafe there that is known, I think you've spoken about this before, they're known for the roast beef sandwiches, oh, yeah. and we had probably about 14 customers on board as mm-hmm. well, and uh, they had all proceeded there with their large group, and they found it to be a nice, convenient way to avoid the crowds once they got on board. Uh, we enjoyed that venue a little bit later on throughout our cruise, great roast beef sandwiches, as well as many other options as well, wraps and so forth. Yeah, well, the Allure of the Seas has, like, Brazilian steakhouses, steakhouses, um, Italian eateries. I, I believe there's a Japanese steakhouse on there as well, isn't there? There's a Zoomies. That's uh, what it is, bar. yeah, like an Asian fusion and yeah, sushi-type thing. And which one really stuck out to you? Interestingly enough, the, the Brazilian steakhouse is the one that stuck out the most to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were comparing that against the Brazilian steakhouse that we had enjoyed on Getaway, and actually, this one was a little bit superior in regards Uh-oh. to the service and, and as well as the food. So um, it was quite a nice venue in the evening as we were leaving St. Thomas. You could see all the lights in the hillside. It was just a great night. What did you think of the Mexican joint on there? Uh, Rita's Canteen yeah. is not my favorite. No? Okay. Uh, not so much. I mean, we went there for lunch. We we did enjoy it a little bit. Um Margarita was good, but mm-hmm. other than that, uh, it, it's not your traditional uh, Mexican yeah. fare, so we would have chosen not to do that again if we had an option. Did you? Yeah, that's a bummer. Did you eat at uh, Chops? We ate at Chops, and I opted to pay the additional upcharge for the aged steak. Mm-hmm. And to my surprise, the aged porterhouse came out with a sauce blend all over the top of it, and it was not what I was expecting. So Uh I did let them know that, you know, when people are looking at purchasing an aged steak, that giving them the option of putting a sauce on might be a good idea. But um, actually putting it on there and drenching it in sauce (laughs) as a presentation would is not necessarily a good idea. And they listened to the feedback. They asked about it several times. They were apologetic. They took care of us. And they took it as constructive criticism and moved on. Very good. Well, let's talk about entertainment on Allure this season because this ship holds like, uh, I believe, like 5,600 passengers. Could be more, could be a little less. Um, so there's basically like a ton of neighborhoods on here offering all kinds of entertainment from comedy to uh, sports bars to theater shows. So uh, touch on the entertainment and what, what really stuck out to you the most. Yeah, the entertainment on the ship was fantastic. It, it would be hard to pick one that was better than the other. Uh, we did Chicago the second night in. Fantastic show. Well done production. Uh, they also had this uh, show later on in night, uh, later on the week, which was in the main theater called Blue Planet. Mm-hmm. And that included, you know, your aerialist. It included some really interesting usages of stage sets. 
where people actually blended into trees as part of the show, and you wouldn't even know that there were people in the tree. And then as the music progressed, it became part of a dance number. There were just several things to that show that were just quite intriguing and very interesting. They were really, really cool. And then you have the Aqua Theater, of course, and the Aqua Theater. You have the aerialists. You have the people doing the diving. You have all kinds of activity going on, and it was well-produced. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ice shows, they do one in the day uh, for uh, the kids that has to do with the, that popular dragon movie that's out, How to Train Your Dragon, right? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so they did a, a little skit there during the day for the kids, and there were a lot of adults there like ourselves that enjoyed it as well. And then they do their standard uh, ice skating show, which was a different uh, show than we had been accustomed to seeing. They've updated it. It was done really, really well. So entertainment around the ship was just fantastic. Now, a lot of these uh, shows on Allure of the Seas, you have to actually make reservations ahead of time. Did you do that? Well, we happened to book about a week and a half before the cruise. Okay. So we were at a point where we only were able to book one show before we got on board, and that was Chicago. The rest of the shows were a little bit of a crapshoot for us, we were thinking, but we had no problem getting into the shows. Now, this is primarily because we're Diamond members. Right. So they have an area within every show where they have reserved seating for Diamond members, and we were able to walk right in, go sit right in, the, right in that preferred area, straight center, dead stage center, and we had great opportunity to see every show. Very good. Now, sea days say a lot about a cruise ship, especially when you're dealing with the world's largest cruise ship, Allure of the Seas, and like uh, you know how the space is to passengers. Now, what were your thoughts on sea days, especially uh, on the outside areas? Yeah, so they were fantastic. Uh, we enjoyed the ship. Interestingly enough, uh, we the way we enjoyed this cruise is we never spent any time in the Windjammer. Mm-hmm nor did we spend time in the dining room, nor did we really spend any time in a hot tub or the pool deck. Okay. We, this ship had so much to offer internally and just walking around externally enjoying other things that it, it, we didn't have enough time to do everything that was on board. Let's put it that way. The ship has so many things to do as a destination in itself. It was just fantastic. Very good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, did you notice any kind of areas of mass congestion, like where you know, any kind of bottlenecks or anything on the sea days when you had everybody on the ship? It would be the elevators. Okay. Now, what ports did you hit on the sailing? So we did the Eastern Caribbean. We started off in Nassau, Bahamas, which is not really Eastern Caribbean, right. but we, we didn't get off the ship. We stayed on board while everybody else went aside because we cruised quite a bit, like I said, and we've been to Nassau many, many, many times. So... Uh, the next port was St. Thomas, and St. Thomas, we uh, got off and we putzed around downtown. That was about it because uh, we've been there several times, but we had big plans in St. Martin. Uh, there is a, a gentleman that we hired named Leo. We contacted in advance, and he gave us a private tour of the island. Now, my wife, I mentioned it's her birthday. And so, and she loves photography, so I arranged for this private photography tour of the island. Nice. And he took us to spots that you wouldn't normally be able to get to in private driveway areas, up the hills. Um, and he did take us by Airport Beach, got some great shots. Haven't posted them yet, but got some great shots of airplanes coming in just over the beach. 
And uh, just it was just a fantastic view of all the various coves and beaches and things like that. I was going to ask you, did your wife get the money shot of the uh, KLM 747 landing? We got the Delta, but we didn't get the, uh, the KLM. Overall, uh, do you have any been there, done that tips for us for passengers or people who may be considering cruising Allure of the Seas? Yeah. When you go on board, if you're looking to avoid the crowds, there's a couple different options that you can choose. One would be either the uh, Solarium Cafe or the other one is the Park Cafe, which is at Central Park. So remember the word cafe and you'll be fine. That way you can avoid uh, all of the crowds that are all running up to the Windjammer to get that first meal on board their ship. It's much more relaxed. You have time to just sit there and enjoy. And then when the rooms open up at 1, you can go straight to your rooms and uh, further start to your cruise. Additionally, on the backside of your cruise, disembarkation, we didn't get off the ship, Doug, until after 11. Oh, wow. Yeah, they, I, I'm not exactly sure what was going on, but we walked out of the, I should say we walked out of the terminal about 11.15. Mm. So one of the things we did before, because of all the delays and disembarkation, we went back to that word cafe, mm-hmm. and we went down to the park cafe, Everybody else was in all of the the various rooms that they put you into, the lounges, as your disembarkation lounge over here, over there. You can get a you can get continental breakfast, which is basically um, in the lounges. They'll give you you know Danish's coffee and tea. Well, if you go to the Park Cafe, they have, and it's also complimentary. They have breakfast burritos and they have breakfast sandwiches, and it's not crowded. And we were able to sit in Central Park and just enjoy our time before it was time to get off the ship. Very good. Well, it sounds like you had a good, uh, a nice cruise there, and a happy belated birthday to your wife, too, as well, Carrie. Oh, uh, yes. thank you. Make sure you thank tell you. her that for us. We've been talking with Carrie Stang from Tampa, Florida, about his seven-night Eastern Caribbean sailing aboard Royal Caribbean's Allure of the Seas. Carrie, my friend, thank you so much for joining us tonight on Cruise Radio. You're very welcome, Doug. Thanks for the time with you. Enjoyed it, and have yourself a great day. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. We always like getting your cruise questions. If you have one, email comments at cruiseradio.net or look us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash cruiseradio. Stuart, this next question we have is from Brian Cantwell on Facebook. He says, I'm looking for direction on the issue of tipping. We no longer use the dining room for our meals. We take our meals in the buffet or specialty restaurants. A large portion of the tipping schedule is for dining room personnel, a service we do not use. What would be your recommendation in dealing with this discrepancy? We are told the gratuities are still circulated amongst all cruise personnel. Do we lessen the amount of tipping collected, less the dining room portion? And the answer is no. What the cruise lines have done, Doug, is it's not just about the people in the dining room. So let's say you're not using in the dining room. Well, what about the the waiters and the busboys that are servicing you in the buffet? They share in the gratuity that is paid for the, quote, the dining personnel. So all of the dining personnel, whether they're in the dining room, whether they're in certain restaurants, whether they're out by the pool or in the dining room, share in the portion of the dining um, portion of the uh, prepaid gratuities. Yeah. So there, there's nothing to do if, they, if you do experience exemplary service, hey, feel free to tip more. But uh, just understand that, I mean, those, those guys in these different restaurants, uh, even a lot of time, you know, the, the guys uh, servicing you or, or providing, uh, you know, table service, 
Um, I mean, they're all sharing in those gratuities. So uh, if if you're not getting good service anywhere, I mean, always say something, but uh, don't you know? It's it's not about the waiter and the busboy in the dining room anymore because a lot of people, Doug, as you know, uh, do like let's say anytime dining, mm-hmm. and you never have the same waiter and the same busboy at dinner anymore. So now what they've done is it's it's all about all the dining personnel. So all of the service that you get should be nothing short of exemplary, and there should not be well. You're not one of my uh, passengers, so I'm not going to provide as good a service. Gotcha. And by doing this thing with the tips, that makes the service more uh, even across the entire ship. If you have a question for Stuart, email comments at cruiseradio.net or ask us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cruiseradio. You can find him at cruiseguy.com. Stuart Sheeran, thank you, man. Hey, my pleasure. That'll do it for this episode of Cruise Radio. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Uh, if this is your first time listening again, thank you so much for stumbling upon us. However you did, you could find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and the Stitcher Radio Network. Also online, cruiseradio.net, as well as Twitter and Instagram at Cruise Radio. From the InsureMyTrip.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Doug Parker, and this is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the InsureMyTrip.com studios. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.